Do you want to know the definition of a mortal engine? If so, you've come to the wrong place. If you want to know what happens in the movie Mortal Engines, we can try our best to help you with that. Welcome to episode 18 of Get Spoiled. My name is Samantha Herman, joined as always by my co-hosts Jeremy Knight and Chris Wilson. And today, we'll be spoiling the feature film, you got it, Mortal Engines. Remember when oh, yeah. we all used, all used to eat Nutri-Grain bars and we thought that was like somehow healthy food and it's just like kind of just a piece of like cake? <laughs> yeah, but they're yeah. pretty good. <laughs> no, they're not even good. They're, they're not dry. good. I mean, they, they were, were good dry. for the time. There wasn't much they, else action. They were one of the first packaged things. Like at first it was the Chips and Ahoy soft ones and then it was like them. There's like early packaged goods that had the soft baked character, you know? Mm-hmm. 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 But thanks to the addition of... 48 extra chemicals. <laughs> yeah. And some sort of like seal pack or something that retained some kind of moisture. Sort of edible wax. <laughs> yeah. They were trying to simulate that fresh baked quality where it's still soft and chewy. Yeah. You know how your mom made you these pieces of cake with fruit in the middle for breakfast when you were a child? It's just like that. <laughs> I don't think my mom made that. Maybe that's no, why I like them. Thing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. It's because it's not a thing. Mm. Although I do enjoy cake for breakfast, but if I'm going to do that, I'm just going to have actual cake. It's harder to just have a piece of cake, though. I mean, to own a piece of cake. Well, I mean, if you buy a cake, you're probably you not going to. Yeah, and then you're probably not going to. Cake is the kind of thing that sits around for a few days. Exactly. Everybody has a birthday. Yeah, and it's like, eat when do I cake. buy a cake for myself? Never. When do I buy a box of granola bars? Always. Should we have Sam write this film? Film? Ooh. Add a film, Sam. Create it's a, called Mortal Engines, the film. Create a sonic soundscape uh, <laughs> of, and a narrative journey for, for us and our listeners. It's going to be a challenge for us all. We are as famous yeah. as this guy. Hugo Weaving. You got Hugo, and that's it. And Stephen Lang. Uh, who's but in, uh, the... he's in, like, in, in uh, his voice. The guy who plays Tom... Looks familiar to me, but I couldn't recall from what during the film. That's, right a, good, that's a good review quote to put on the poster <laughs> of this movie. The guy who played Tom looked like he could be familiar. Samantha uh, Herman. He was in Geostorm. Jeremy, have you seen Geostorm? No. <laughs> no, me neither. I haven't also seen it. Nope. Nope. It's a real but surprise. We know Sam. Hmm. But Sam saw it, and that's what counts. I saw it, and I cried at the end of it. So deal with that, world. <laughs> uh, the other names that jump out in the, on this IMDb page for Mortal Engines are the writers. Uh, you've got Fran Walsh and Philip Boyens, who yep. are two of the three writers of the Lord of the Rings movies. Uh, and Oh, and Peter Jackson. So yeah, he's three, a, and he produced it. And he produced they it. Produced so it's it. the Lord of the Rings. He's a co-writer? Jackson? Yep. Him and his wife. Miss and, Jackson? And their third writer. Um, yeah. They work as a team. The problem with this film is that it's, oh, amongst many problems, but the hardest for this, I think, is going to be um, my inability to describe visually what I saw 
for multiple reasons. One, just because it's complicated <laughs> and I don't know how to best do it. And two, yeah. at many times I didn't know what I was seeing. So, ah. okay. twofold. Well, so- <laughs> the scope of where they were meant to be and because there's a lot of action activity with uh, motor engine-based Mo- vehicles. <laughs> motor, motor cities? <laughs> yeah. Motor engine-based vehicles. Motor so... engine-based civilizations. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I'll just do my best, and I'm sure the questions will be plentiful. <laughs> going to be. There's going to be a lot of questions. Importantly, this is a science film, and yeah. so I feel oh, that yeah. even I'm... with your struggles, this is in our wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah. I believe in you, and I believe in us to get through something and i'm sure the picture we have in our head afterwards will be in some way related to the film you saw <laughs> good very good yep so far both the film in my head and the real film are titled mortal engines <laughs> yep yeah i don't know one. and jeremy has an uncanny ability to follow 43 characters and what they're all doing <laughs> and what all of their motivations are Based on your description, Samantha, <laughs> I bring other strengths to the party. Let's be honest. Yeah, you uh, you bring in a lot of context that the movie didn't give. It, it really flavors it. That's yeah. true. So I bring in yeah. things basically that aren't related to the film. Is what you're saying? No, but they they're are. Like, in this like film-based world. podcast, I talk yeah. about things that are about other things. No, you flesh out like the gaps. Like the movie doesn't bother to explain something and you need there to be a why. And so then you contribute it. So it's like oh, world building. Yeah. Like brick. Matthew McConaughey's backstory and white boy, Rick, <laughs> whatever you said is what I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know what? You've, you guys have raised me up again. I feel, <laughs> I feel better about this. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll, uh, do, I'll do my best to contribute on the same level that I, I have been until now. Well, I have I think no doubt. This one's mortal engines is going to ask, more from each of us, I think, than perhaps any film. We're really building up this film, guys. It stars nobody. Called... It stars Marlon. nobody famous. Sorry, nobody but Hugo. Starring nobody famous, based on a book no one read. Uh, Is it a young adult book? It, I'm sure it has to be. Yeah. Samantha, how have you not read be. this book series? I don't know. I haven't even heard of it. Well, you're you've been remiss. I might now read it. Probably. Have you so, reserved it at the library already? Not yet. I should. <laughs> so cities, cities fly. Yeah. Cities okay. fly around. They fly around in the sky. Fall or roll. We we learn Discuss. in an opening voiceover that the our world around our time was destroyed in a sixty minute war of nuclear proportions because. The weapons of our day had just gotten too capable and people had become too cynical and hateful toward other societies, I guess. And so this war just basically destroyed the earth in 60 minutes. Okay. And that's the lore. Yeah. And 60 minutes. Okay. 60 minutes. It's very efficient. That's almost almost better than a long drawn out war in a way, except for the horrible death and destruction yeah and so the earth's crust was destroyed and rendered unlivable because it got nuked so much and so the remaining people rebuilt society and civilization and like it said only the best survived or only the best 
like fortified themselves and continued on. And so now we have like a new, like idyllic best people society, I guess. And that society made the cities in these motorized kind of old tech style engine based floating above the crust, kind of like transformers, but a huge city. Yeah, but it's like like, it's machinery, right? It's like some steampunk shit, right? Yeah. (sighs) Okay. Steampunk is the worst. I'm going on the record. (laughs) Don't don't at me, but steampunk (laughs) is terrible. Wow, hot take from Chris early. He puts he come on. He lays that down. Um, Come on. I I, yeah. I I don't even really know what it is. To to get into the steampunk tech a little bit here, the cities fly. So are there jets blasting out of the bottom of them? What's propelling them upward? Are they hanging from balloons with no. propellers blowing in various directions? That's more steampunky. They should have done that. Yeah, I don't. Should've. I don't know. But oh. uh, no, like they're they don't really show jets. They're not being suspended by helium or anything like that. But uh, allow me a moment, and maybe this will elucidate some of this because you know I'm so good at science. Please. Um, so these you're right. cities. We should start of... with the science and move our way up. <laughs> These cities are of various sizes and various uh, industries of their own. So we see there's a small mining town. So it's a town of this style that is floating above the earth. It's a moving town, but it's a mining town. It, I guess mining whatever itself? like is left to be called it's from moving the earth. around. Moving around mining from the from the, the broken crust. From your refuse. I get. Unclear. Um, so this Must thing be. is, yeah, it's doing its thing. Traveling Does it drop around. a drill down or something? No, we don't see it actually mine anything. Um, okay. And then we see that. I was thinking no, like Mega Man style shit. No, the, we meet London and London is a much bigger of these things and much more luxurious. And it's got like way more people and it's just bigger in scope in general. Mm-hmm. And so we meet Hugo uh, on London. He's a bigwig. And I'm going to call his counterpoint counterpart the Emperor because it's basically what the dynamic is between them, Emperor and Darth. Oh, Emperor uh, and Darth. Okay, Emperor yes. and Darth. I'm with you. So the, there's an Emperor figure who rules London, and Hugo Weaving is his number one uh, warrior or leader type. Yes. Okay. That's and the dynamic I agree. felt from it. Okay. I like that. And also, we'll continue to call him Hugo, of course, but yes. I think the character name the character name does need to be acknowledged because it's Thaddeus Valentine. Yes, it is. <laughs> You're correct that that needs to be acknowledged. <laughs> yeah. Do they refer to him by his full name for the entire film? Uh, Thaddeus yeah, Valentine. They do. They do. Huh. Several times That's it is said. Strong. I um, kind of like that. It's, it's, it's strong. Hugo. Yeah. So okay. All right. They're discussing that they've located this mining town, and the emperor asks Hugo, "How much does it like? How much resources does it have?" And Hugo says he cites how much, and he says that's only going to keep us going for a few days. Um, and so what London is going to do is chase down the small mining town and subsume it into its own interior and steal its fuel to fuel London. There's no trade going on between cities or towns. There is. These- but it not in be, this case. Yeah. This case, they just run it down and steal it. 
So there was no discussion of, hey, maybe we should trade for some of the stuff they're mining? No, they lay chase and the mining town tries to escape and starts dumping all of its resources, which are like grains and I don't know, whatever it has, water, um, to get its speed going, but they are overtaken. Okay, but hold on. Can you please explain a chase scene to me in this film? It's like a car chase, but the cities are the cars. But what are they doing? The cities, Chris. The cities are the cars. <laughs> what are, this is? See, this is what you were talking about at the beginning, Sam. Because there's visual things happening here, and I just I can't think of any version of this that looks like it makes sense on a screen. Okay, so the city of London looks kind of like an island, and it's got different levels and layers, and um, it has like two sphinx-like things at the front that are supposed to be menacing looking. And then the mining town is like more of a jalopy of a vehicle with way less people <laughs> on it, but, but also kind of like a boat. So the people are on the top level and like, they're looking at the chase and being scared. So they have like, do they have like an enclosed, like an inner common space than all of these places? Oh yeah. London is... has like Buildings, a whole, right? yeah, like, a whole a setup, homes, stores, and it's always flying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Science. Science film. <laughs> it's a science film. Yep. How it's does a science it... film? Yeah. And that's just all there is to it. But but I will press on. How does it, when it catches the mining town, how does it absorb it? How does it? Does it sit on it like a hen on an egg? Does it fit in like a new jigsaw puzzle piece and just does add it to it? Engage its... tractor beam. Okay. Let oh. me just go through in order. This is going to be real fun, right? I'm Sam? getting yeah, really. <laughs> You're turning me right around. Okay, so we're really making we're making progress, right? So yeah, but okay, they're still in the chase. So we're not at the hasn't gotten there yet. And we see a okay. masked woman on the mining town mysteriously watching the chase. It seems like she's scared. I don't know yet, but she is a focal point. Okay. Back to London. On London, we meet the library and the archive staff. So there's like a whole library and like museum building and structure and exhibits. And um, it has exhibits of all this stuff that's now obsolete, like the screen age. And it's, like, got iPads and cell phones. And so that just shows that those are not things that are in use anymore. So Mm -hmm. this civilization is rebuilt and has this new weird tech of flying cars, but is outdated in many other ways. Yeah, I was going to say, this is, again, I will try to stop asking tech-related questions. But what's (laughs) what's there? Is it, like... Battlestar Galactica style where they have tech, but it's kind of bad and falls apart. Or is it like mega future? Like how, how screwed are they after that war? Does no, that it's ma- more, make a difference? Yeah. Like they revere old tech. They revere our tech. Okay. 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 Mm. All right. I'm, I'm not asking you about tech anymore no, for at least a have, while. They say the word tech we have in to. this movie hundreds of times. So we must, <laughs> we must talk about the tech. <laughs> okay. This has become a tech podcast, but that's yeah. fine. <laughs> so we yeah. meet Tom. Those are cool. Our beloved the, there's a business Geostorm, model for them for sure. Tom. Yeah. And, Tom. Uh, yeah. He Tom is, is. He's a, an historian and tech expert working at this archive museum place. He's a venture capitalist. <laughs> and All right. he tells his boss Pomeroy that the engineer staff keeps taking all of his finds like all they keep uh like pillaging his exhibits and he's annoyed by it so remember that 
the engineering staff, the, like the, the engineers of the city, the staff yes. engineers, come and steal his his archived material? Yes. Okay. Well, they might need it more than he does, to be honest. <laughs> anyway, did they just ask for it, or they're only just stealing it? They're, they're just like, taking it. Yeah, they're we just like, talk we're, to you, we're just yeah. taking it. Yeah, this is cool. ours now. Um, so he might put up. He might put up like a. He puts up like a microwave, and he's like, "Look, we used to have microwaves." Yes. And he wants it to just be an exhibit to learn about microwaves. But then the engineers go like, "We could use that and steal it." <laughs> yeah, we have only cold lunches in the office. <laughs> we could really use that, guys. What do we plug this into? So, like, like Indiana Jones, Tom is a real uh, "this belongs in a museum" kind of guy. Yeah, but there's also a danger. I'll get to that in a second. So, meanwhile, London catches up to the mining town and ingests it. So, in answer to your question, it, like, opens a, uh, like, an exterior door and the small town drives into it. And so, all, I thought they were just going to, like, crush it and all the people were going to get killed. That didn't happen. Um, all the people are told, like, welcome to your new home. You live in London now. Give all your old tech, like, to the collectors and just bring your personal artifacts and, like, Welcome for your inspection mm. and like being placed and then they crunch that up wild. the town itself into I'll get to this in a bit later but like a like a like a, like a generator room in the bottom that is just mm-hmm. uh, like a furnace room so they burn burning the, other the town. stuff up yeah i would assume they reclaim some materials from it yeah is that the mortal engine yes I cool. think so. <laughs> I wasn't sure I what the know. title meant. Or is I don't it like know. a double I still meaning? don't know. I don't know. Or is humanity the mortal engine? I don't know. So uh, That's the see... question of our time. <laughs> While all the people are being unloaded, all the mining town people, we see the mystery girl again, and she's able to hide a knife on her person during the introductory inspection. So everyone's supposed to give up their weapons and their tech, but she hides the knife and gets through. She's so she was from Mining t- City... Yeah, now, now she's on London. Now in London. Was Mining City a named city that we knew? No. Hmm. Mining is town. Is she still wearing a mask? Yes. But it doesn't matter. Good? Like, she has a woman's face. We're like three mm-hmm. minutes into the movie. I'm, I'm drowning. We're um, screwed. Okay. okay. So, <laughs> Catherine, Dig new in, character. Guys. This uh, is going to be a four-hour <laughs> podcast. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Catherine visits the museum and Tom, her friend. And uh, we can tell just from their dynamic that she is clearly of a higher station than he is, more of an elite. And during this discussion, it's just the two of them in private. Tom shows her that he has amassed a collection of old weapon devices from our day. And uh, he doesn't want to get them into the wrong hands because advanced weapon is what got us into this mess in the first place. And so he's been hiding them and not putting them on display and he also, this is going to be a long-term problem with this topic, but uh, somehow USB keys are still a thing that control other things. Sit on that. Um, Whoa, wait, nope. Sorry. <laughs> Can't sit on it. It needs, they don't have microwaves. keep it under me. They don't have microwaves. You, okay, USB keys are still around. That's fine. And they still control other things? Like somehow they are a... Not just a thing like to store information, but they can like control the thing that they are plugged into in a way that is not in real life. Okay. 
So I could but, plug a USB key into a microwave, and the microwave would then be under my control. I, I would activate it. Kind of like that. Yeah, let's go with that. That's the easiest way to to just feel about it. Yes. Do they say the words no. USB keys? Uh, no, but they show it, and that's pretty much what it is. But what is, do they call them? I think they just call them keys. Keys. All right, so we're like keys open one doors. level of abstract action out here keys obviously open doors um and in this world so much you know so much the more yeah Yeah. sure so tom plans to dump all these weapons into a body of water just as soon as they pass over one and he's just hiding them until then this is overheard by another upper class elite guy and he gets tom demoted and fired from the library and sent down what's that guy's name don't know he's barely in it i'll just call him evan yep like he's barely in it he seems like he's gonna be a big deal but he's not um so tom is sent down to this engine room and kath he's like i'm never gonna get there in time i'm gonna get in trouble for being late and Catherine says i'll help you because her city access is better than his so we see that there are she has like tier one badge and he is a tier three and that just gets her expedited into their intra city subway like monorail system okay Mm. and so she escorts him down into the engine room and that's his new assignment to help with the new tech intake of all the stuff from the mining people because that's part of his expertise um okay and again evan just overheard the information being exchanged but he didn't act on it in any way correct or He's just okay. He just knows about it. And he's he you can tell he's interested in Catherine and jealous of Tom. Okay. Yep. So uh while they're being escorted or while she's escorting Tom down into this area, they run into Tom's friend. I also don't know his name. I thought he was the same as Evan at first, but it wasn't. I'll call him Steve. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we're about five minutes into this movie right now. How are you feeling? <laughs> Like, in despair. Like, I'm never going to be able to pull this off. <laughs> I've never been okay, happier. but in despair, in <laughs> despair in the sense that you were already thinking about having to pull this off of the podcast. Yes. Not in despair in the sense that I am in despair watching this film. No, no, no. The film was fun to watch for me other than my fear for this day. Mm. Okay. So Tom and Catherine run into Tom's friend, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> Down in it's a the, real classic movie description. <laughs> down in the engine room. Yep. And Steve is um, rude edge. to Catherine, and you can tell that he thinks that she's a snob. And in their conversation, we learn that Catherine is Hugo's daughter. Catherine's okay. Hugo's daughter. Catherine Valentine. Yep. And we Kathy also, we also Fatty's see... Fatty's little girl. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Ooh>. That's good. <laughs> Oh, strong. We also see in this engine room, there's some, they do have some screens because they show a video clip, a picture of a woman, and it's like a most wanted image named Anna Fang, and she is an anti-traction activist. God bless me if I know what any of that means, but there are two different (laughs) philosophies and, like, lifestyles. It's so confusing. Just... Don't even ask me right now because I don't – it'll come to this later. But there are some 
car cities like London, which is kind of in the more what was the Western world. And then in the Eastern world, across a very short wall, which we'll discuss in detail later, it seems like maybe the Earth is inhabitable in the East. And so those cultures are in controversy. And Anna Fang is an anti-London-style activist. Therefore, she is most wanted. That's all I know. But she lives in London. No, she is an Eastern person. Oh, and there is a belief out there that in the east, which is on the other side of a wall, the earth might still be habitable. I think so. But but I I think also that the car people, it doesn't seem like they want to find that. They seem to want to maintain their way of life. Okay. Or maybe just dominate the other car cities. I guess. I don't know. Right. Maybe better to rule in hell than be a... At least they know the rules. Servant in heaven. The rules of the games there, you know? They can play the game. As opposed to going over this wall, defeating the Night's Watch, (laughs) and going through the wall with some sort of dragon to the other side. Guys, we're going to talk about the wall a whole lot later. Okay. And it's going to be, it's not going to go well. So I'm looking forward to that too. (laughs) So they just, there's a woman named Anna Fang. She's not around. Um, it sounds like she's half the world away. <laughs> she's not around. She's half the world away, but they want her. She's they don't like her. Yeah, we Hira. are given no information. I'm not leaving anything out. It just says like anti-traction city activist Anna Fang, most wanted, and we just get like okay, a but, glimpse of that image. But okay. the word traction, yes. We can we explore that? No, I can't. It, it's just the car cities. I think that's what they're called. They're called like traction style you know cities. What? Okay. You know what? I respect the no. I respect that we are asking for a spoiler to happen, and you were like, "No, that cannot happen." Moving on. I wish you know, it boundaries could. are important. No, I'm behind you 100. percent So Hugo is down in the where Tom and Catherine are welcoming the new mining people into the city, and he and Tom have a lighthearted exchange because Tom finds an old uh, like pop up toaster oven and it's about to get trashed he's like no like this is in great condition uh it's like a sunbeam brand and it's only missing the dial and then hugo's like oh you have a great eye and so they have a little bit of rapport over their shared love and knowledge over old tech was that their meeting or was it clear that they knew each other already that is their meeting he kind of knows of his existence because he's friends with Catherine, the daughter but it's their meeting okay and toaster yeah i have a sunbeam i have a sunbeam as well and it, it works great <laughs> yeah are you happy with it yeah i am i am you know yeah. i don't own a toaster and i haven't for like a long time and it's only sometimes that i i find it frustrating but mm. i do feel the need for a toaster at from time to time i have a toaster wow. but it's the toaster yeah. oven style yeah i know you're a toaster oven fan yeah, i feel like that's your, that's your that's your go-to for kitchen uh, appliances yeah if i yeah. Could, if i only could have one it would be that Mm-hmm. Yeah, and same. You you know this about Sam and I. It's toast is our favorite. <laughs> it's like it's up there for both of us. It's a way of life. <laughs> yeah, like I to- think I could be very comfortable in a like post apocalyptic diet. I'd I feel like toast fine. would survive. 
So you're right, Will, <laughs> right there with them, both of you, in this in this toaster scene. They're like, shit, <laughs> hold on to that sunbeam. Absolutely. And ride yeah. it all the way to the heavens. <laughs> Fuck yeah. That's all you need. Totally. Like, this is when Get I started to, like, knife. feel comfortable with the movie was when I saw that toaster oven. Yeah, it's right. You found your comfort yeah. zone with the yeah. toast. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a gentle embrace uh, that yeah. the film enfolded me in. Um, Beautiful. So they're all down here. And then we see and Tom sees the mystery girl with the knife run through the crowd and lunge at Hugo screaming, this is for my mother, Pandora Shaw. And so now her mask is off and he sees her and has like a bit of recognition. And she's got um, some pretty bad scars on her face um, from cut from slashing. Okay. From slashing. Yeah. And so she stabs Hugo in the gut, but because Tom sees it, he rushes over and intervenes. So she doesn't get in a second blow. Um, and they all end up going on a chase. Tom, this girl, Hugo, and various guards. And, Chasing the girl. Yeah. And they end up in the generator area where all the mining stuff is being engulfed. Uh, Isn't and, that a high security area? I, apparently not. It kind of okay. looks like in Force Awakens where han and kylo face off so they're on like a little like narrow bridge uh, above like an abyss love it always a cinematic uh winner yeah that type no, of room. no lightsabers i assume no lightsabers um so they Just end up toaster. there at the end of this bridge tom and the girl <laughs> and the girl's mad at tom she says i've been waiting all this time this is my one chance to get at hugo and you screwed it up for me he killed my mom and i was doing this for vengeance and like the hell with you you ruined everything for me and then she's hanging she like by her own choice is trying to leap off this little bridge and i couldn't kill herself see again this is one of those instances where i couldn't tell what kind of structure they were in or like the layout of anything or like what was under the abyss so i didn't know at this time but i do know after okay so she's hanging from it. Tom tries to save her. She lets go of his hand and falls through this chasm. It disappears. And then Hugo catches up and sees Tom. And Tom says, I tried to save her, but I couldn't. And she said, you killed her mom. Like, isn't that weird? I'm like, Tom, buddy, isn't that, why, isn't that did you, weird? why didn't you just tell him that? You're so <laughs> stupid, Tom. Um, and then Hugo's like, yeah. That's a shame. And then he just pushes Tom over the same railing. Yeah, good. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, no. Thaddy did the right thing there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hugo, that, that's right, just push this idiot off the bridge. He's a stupid <laughs> idiot blabbermouth. And I yeah. assume it falls into the mortal engines below to nope. be burned up and, and never seen again? Oh, no. No, we don't really see. So um, Catherine shows up, but she's too late. She hasn't seen Hugo do the pushing. He just says, I'm so sorry. Tom and the girl, they got into a fight, and they both fell over. We'll send guards to look for them, and uh, if they survived, uh, I'm sure we'll find them. But they don't, oh, he doesn't he... really send the guards. Okay, and Hugo did all of this with a gut wound. Yes. Wow. He's a gangster. Yeah. <laughs> So somehow Tom and the girl, we know her name now, it's Hester Shaw. They say it so many times. 
Um, that's Hester with an H. And, and she's wearing a red face mask. Wait, mask wait, is kind how, of gone now. I'm sorry. How did we learn her name? I think when she attacked, he, she was like, uh, this is my mother, Pandora Shaw. I'm Hester Shaw. My name is Hester Shaw. <laughs> yeah, she basically. yelled all of that yeah. as she was attacking. Yes. Wow. For, she really, that's gutsy. Real. Yeah. <laughs> she introduced <laughs> herself. That's just good form. I don't even know what we get into. Hello. Abs. Hello. Hi, I'm, I'm Hester. You my, I'm Hester. You killed my mother. Her name is Pandora Shaw. My name is Diego Montoya. <laughs> oh, she was, yeah. Now, if you'll permit me, I would love to stab you in the stomach. Thank you for your time. Prepare to die. <laughs> uh, I get it. She's she's about that classic um, romantic, uh, you know, knight errandry vibe where everything sure. is declared. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. She get want, it down in the books. She wanted him to know why he was being killed. Mm. Um, so they've cool. landed on the Earth's barren surface, Tom and Hester. Do not Damn. ask me how. They just what did. Like they fell? Like they fell to the ground? Yeah, they're just when we meet them next after the railing, they're on they've gone the outside. earth. They've gone outside. What? But the city was <laughs> is the, I, the, I, so the that, city must have been there's breathable of air, people. and it's not. No, the cities yeah. are cover. It's not that far off the surface. So you could fall from the city and land on the ground and not die. That is what happens. Yeah. See, see this, 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 this world is still taking shape for both of us, I feel like. Yeah. Maybe even yeah. a little bit for you, Sam. Yeah. yeah. But I didn't realize that either. I thought the mining okay. town was probably closer to the ground. Otherwise, that would be a bit dumb. Yeah, but no, assume... everything's hovering, not so far but off. Hover city, not yeah. flying city. Yeah. If you fall, if you fall 50 feet, you'll, you'll be severely injured, if not dead. Um, but the, the ground is not evenly flat all the time. Maybe they jumped off on a passing mountain top they laid in like a uh, mud bank i don't know how they don't die they should uh, they should be dead but they are not maybe they, they are have fine. emergency deployment slides like airplanes definitely not it's like a bouncy slide that you can take down <laughs> to the ground definitely not okay maybe it has something to do with traction you know maybe because <laughs> we never got into the traction maybe it's about traction i think you've unlocked this puzzle you've broken <laughs> you've broken this case wide open that's just, I'm uh, trying. <laughs> Sam, Sam, you sound like Sam's like going to be in traction after this. <laughs> Sam sounds like she's in the eighth round in a boxing movie, and she's the fighter in the eighth round. She's like, ah, I'm trying. <laughs> like, the best part is that it's all our fault. Catch me up and send me back in. <laughs> Cut me. <laughs> Jeremy's there with Vaseline trying to stop yeah. the bleeding. Yeah. Just Ooh. four more rounds, Sam. You're a champion. <laughs> Except instead of four, it's a full... 12 rounds. Oh, actually, no, this is like a Rocky. This is back when it was 15 round fights. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, this is yeah, a I miles ago. I'm in trouble. Yeah. Okay, so they're on the ground. They're hanging out with each other, and she wants to take off without him, but he's clearly a novice of this situation, whereas she seems to be a pro, a pro of knowing the lay of the land, literally the lay of the land. Mm-hmm. And so she allows him to follow along, and we learn that. He wanted to be an aviator, um, but his historian parents died in the Tier 4 wipeout of 10 years ago. Don't ask me what that is. It just is a thing, and the Tier 4 people thing. all died. Why them dying means or meant he couldn't be an aviator anymore, I do not know. But So this was a, this was a more recent cataclysm that occurred yes. the tier the what yeah, was, was it again? A, yeah the tier four people 
So he's tier three, Catherine's tier one. So the tier four was wiped oh, out. This is a London tier four thing. of London. Yeah, they cleared out tier four. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. All right, no, I get it. I'm gonna say it's probably to do with like, at the end of the day, like sustainable living. Like maybe they had too many people, and they were like, well, we're gonna get rid of the lowest class. Boom. Something like that, yeah. But why he couldn't be an aviator anymore, that? and why he had to be uh, an archivist, yeah. I don't know. Uh, right. But that happens. Right. Um, okay. She, and also, is she? She was like on. You know, she had a destination. Did she declare where she wants to go? Did she say like I'm off to? Do we know where she wants to go now? No, we Hester. just know that she wanted to kill Hugo, and yep. now either she wants to try that again or just move on. And he wants her to help him find a trading city that will uh, take him back to London, so he can go and sort this all out and report Hugo for the attempted murder. Got it. So, so is it presumable that these people are looking to show up to another city on foot? Yes. Oh, <laughs> I guess they don't move around very fast, huh? These cities. Not that fast, and then, like I said, they're not that near or not that far off the ground, so they could like wave, like flare, wave to get attention, like being shipwrecked and being found. That's These kind of what they're don't attempting. Seem that much better than regular cities. <laughs> no, no. I got to be honest. It doesn't seem like that much of an advantage to have a city that floats and kind of like moves around kind of slowly and can shoot flares like a ship. I don't think it's the no. advantage that the Earth is just uninhabitable. They just have to. Except, but, but then, why don't they? Okay, never mind. You know what? I'm nope. Aren't Hester? <laughs> Tell me and, about the plot of this movie. <laughs> aren't Hester and Tom standing on that unhabitable Earth right now? Yeah, but I think it just doesn't like ha- sprout enough. Uh, it's scorched life. Earth. Yeah, it's scorched right? Earth. So it's it's just like it's barren, uninhabitable because it's barren, because but not because it's dangerous. Yes, right. is it kind of like it's kind of Mordory, like like Frodo and Sam walking it's through like Mordor? the moon, but with an atmosphere. I would assume. Yeah, it just looks like or like mud. Mars or but, okay. like there's no uh, there's no um, foliage. Okay. All right. Is there's it no, stormy? There's no foliage no. on the cities flying around in the sky either. Is there? Or? I think they have some fake ones, but like they don't oh, naturally okay. grow. All right. Uh, it's all. But it the all air makes, is fine. It all makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah, the air seems totally fine. Um, she is a Twinkie. It's super nice. Uh, but the like TW is uh, marked off. So just as Inky, I guess it's for copyright reasons. And she's like, the ancient foods. And he says, you can't eat that. It's dated like 2020 or something near around our time. She's like, He's like, that food's over a thousand years old. She says, the ancients' food never went bad. So well, they know, <laughs> weirdly revere our time for certain things. Right, Sorry, this, this is a, this, this movie was winning me over until that scene. <laughs> the, no, no, it's a, and they're eating a, it's a Twinkie, right? Yeah, but an Inky. Yeah. yeah. Inky, yeah. Great one, guys. Bit of fun. Bit of fun. Uh, yeah. Twinkies, never, Twinkies never expire. Classic. Yeah. So they almost get attacked by scavengers and they outrun them and hide so it's kind of like trenches like barren no foliage all mud but kind of shaped like trenches so you can hide in certain crevasses which they do okay and he says who are those people and she says they're looking for us i guess hugo sent these things down to look for them very unclear but they don't recur scavenger ships like smaller ships Ships. Or, oh, the uh, scavengers planes, were planes. ships driven by people. Planes. Yeah. Not like robots. Yeah. 
And when you said that they were scavenger ships, I was assuming like they're they're just their own uh, breed of people or, or class of people that they, this is just their thing. They they just Ooh, like the Jawas. Around. Yeah, like Jawas, exactly. Like it Jawas. It seems or, to be that. Yeah, but it seems like they may have been sent by Hugo on a like a contract implying, gig. Hester's implying hired Jawa goons. They're hired. Yeah. Okay. Yes. But they don't, don't recur, know. so don't worry about it. They escape right. them. Uh, and then, <laughs> out from below the ground, somehow, a jalopy of this, like, mini vessel that looks kind of like a mechanized insect. Okay. And, New insect jalopy. Yeah, and it rescues them, and it's a creepy husband and wife duo, and they're scrappers, so I guess they... Similarly, just like travel around looking for scraps as you do. Yeah, scrapping. Uh, yep. And so Hester and Tom are on that for now. Let's leave them for a minute and return to London. Back to London. Yeah. <laughs> wow, Sam. Wow. This is a Back to London indeed. A... Tell me what's happening on the mean streets of London. This is a fucking tapestry. That <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Hugo tells the Emperor that his secret energy project is going very well and is almost ready. And there are posters around London heralding this energy project, like Thaddeus Valentine's, like, energy savior thing. And his claim (laughs) is that he, you know how they had to, like, steal the mining town for bits of fuel? It's like, this thing that I'm innovating will solve that so that's his great alternative power source yes they can get off the fossil fuels of other cities yeah being their fuel there's so many tech entrepreneurs in this movie (laughs) yep okay this one's gonna be you're not gonna like this so (laughs) 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 hugo's approached by some sort of informant and he's told that there is a reinvigorated man. That's what they call it. I'll describe that in a minute. And who's in jail and has been screaming Hester Shaw's name. And that's all this being is screaming in a hateful way. So Hugo decides that it'd be a good idea for him to go visit this thing in the jail. And the jail is like a... Like an Alcatraz floating on water, and the cell of this thing is, like, jutting out kind of like Magneto. He's got its own cube separated from everything else. Rad. Yeah. And Hugo, like, walks on this really narrow little plank to get to this cube and opens the, like, little keyhole to talk to him. And so we meet this thing, and... His name is reinvigorated Sh- human. Yeah, his name is Shrike, and that's the Stephen Lang part. Awesome. Okay. Yep. And Avatar. he is basically like a Skeletor mixed with C three PO, mixed with RoboCop. Wow. We're speaking mixed with my Gollum. language. <laughs> wow. You, you just didn't see that one coming. A lot of hits. <laughs> Mixed with Orko. Yeah. Yep. Um, but he's like a full-size man-shaped, but with the like face of Skeletor and fully robo-sized. It's like made of metal. 
and is a reinvigorated human. I'll say it again. Yep. Oh, we'll get a little bit more into the detail of that later. Ish. Okay. All right. And Are there any? Have there been any other non-human characters no, in this movie so far? No. Apparently, he is the last of his kind. I Google imaged him. Um, there are many different visual representations of him because uh, steampunk and, you know, fan art and such. Um, uh, he's pretty cool looking. Um, and Sam, yeah, your, your, your description was accurate. Uh, oh, with the way the movie, the way the movie goes with him. Yeah. He's more of a skull faced individual. Some of the other drawing versions, he's more steampunky. He has like tubes running out of his shoulders and into his head. Oh, we don't get he's that. He's a little more mechanized in some of the other takes, but the movie's take seems to be more just like robot skull man. So I was pretty close. Absolutely, you were. Yeah, Skeletor. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what's what's his demeanor? Um, angry. I see. Angry and like, but deadened, like, uh, sociopathic. All right. All right. Lucid. And- and do we get this now or do we get it later, the explanation for what he is? Is he man-turned-machine or is he like, we AI? Do, we do not get it now and we barely get it later. Um, so <laughs> so much the better. That's, that should be the tagline for this movie. <laughs> so, you won't get it now. You'll barely get it later. So they're chatting, Shrike and Hugo, and Hugo says, like, what's up? Why do you hate Hester Shaw? And he says, Hester Shaw made me a promise, and she broke that promise, and I'm mad. And Hugo says, and if you found her, what would you do? And he says, kill her. So Hugo gets back in his little plane (laughs) that he was escorted to the jail on, and they, him and his team, which don't worry about them, they're not players in the movie, they destroy the prison from above, they explode it, and ensure that the cage holding Shrike is opened, and he swims out of it, because it has now been, like, demolished over the water, and is the whole prison is, like, drowning. And he swims out and goes on the hunt for Hester. Wow. So he... So Hugo really wants Hester dead. He's pulling out all the stops to, yep. to get her killed. Okay, so back on the scrapper jalopy on this on Earth, Hester reveals a little bit more of her past. She tells Tom that her mother, Pandora Shaw, was an archaeologist and a world traveler who was all interested in just uncovering, you know, just like a, what an archaeologist would do. Yeah, finding and, toasters and stuff. Yeah, and that she was often visited by Hugo, and that they had a friendship. And at one point, during one of the visits, when Hester was around eight years old, Pandora revealed to Hugo that she had found something of old tech. It looked like a briefcase. So I, it looked to me like a nuclear briefcase bomb kind of thing. And the reason you're able to see it is because we see flashbacks. <laughs> yes, yes, we're in flashback. And Hugo wanted it. Pandora didn't want him to have it. She resisted. And in a fit of rage, he stabbed Pandora to death. And when Hester ran up behind him in his, like, arm recoil after the death blow, he slashed upwards and slashed Hester's face by mistake. Damn. So that's why she has her scars. 
death blow face slash with the same strike. Yes. And then he and then he saw that he did that was maybe a little guilty or shameful, and then just ran away, leaving the daughter to fend for herself. Uh, seemed like he was going to try and kill her, but she ran away. And it, oh. before the death of Pandora, Pandora handed Hester an amulet thing, kind of like an Egyptian eye motif on a chain, mm-hmm. and said, "Like always, keep this and run," which she did. Okay, so that's and all that, we see and... at this point. And do we see that still on her person today in the present moment? This, Wait, the Egyptian we'll, eye. We'll come back to that amulet. Don't you worry. I'm sorry. I'm just so caught up. <laughs> it's when we're going to be talking about the wall later. Pretty oh my god! Amulet. About the wall. Don't don't forget the fact that there's a wall that divides the world, and on the other side is paradise. You just have to hover a little bit higher to get over it. Turn Guys, up it, makes, it makes no. Oh God. Okay. So the scrap <laughs> <laughs> earlier when Tom and Hester before they'd gotten on the jalopy and they were trying to pick their route, she said, "Never go south." And then he, Obviously. with his aviator's sense of direction, detects that the scrapper has turned southward, and that is bad for some reason. They end up at a slave auction. That's what happens south. Ooh. It's where and, the slavers congregate yep. in the south. And Ooh, Tom... So they're still slaves. Okay. The could, dirty south. Yeah. Tom could escape because they've kind of realized that they're going in the wrong direction. And they find, uh, like, a plank on in the floor that they could remove. And he could dip down and, like, jump, do, a, like, a shallow jump. But mm-hmm. she has been injured earlier saving him. She has a leg cut and isn't as nimble and can't do it. And she encourages him to leave without her, which he does not do. He stays behind to, to be with her. So mm-hmm. they're both in the auction, in the slave auction. Well, why, why, when they started to help head south and realize they were approaching a slave auction, why didn't they turn around and go in another direction? No, the scrappers are taking them there. They're... The scrappers are going to sell them. Yeah. Oh, the scrappers are. Oh, sorry, missed that. Scrappers okay. are slavers. Scrappers are slavers. Yes. Midnight slavers. Midnight slavers. Okay. Yep. Oh shit. Yeah, so they, shit is right. So they 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 pull guns on on them, or they do they? Is there any sort of violence that? Well, they realize that they're locked in to the room that they thought was just their, like, hangout space. And then once they arrive at the slave place, they see that there are way more people on the scrapper than they realize. And, yeah, they're escorted by gun, I think. Um, There's menace in it. Yeah. Yeah. In the slave auction, Mm -hmm. uh, who are the customers? Um, Ragtag bunch. But then Hester is on bid or up for it. And people are bidding, and then someone shows up and makes, like, a way higher bid out of nowhere, and that person is Anna Fang. Of- <gasps> Anna Fang? <laughs> She's from the most wanted. Yeah. She's so from over She's the wall. wanted. Yep. <laughs> and the auctioneer says, well, I'd love to have your 50 bid, whatever currency it is, but I'd much rather have the 50000 price on your head, so I'm going to go ahead and just keep you. A fight breaks out between Anna Fang's crew, who I'm just going to call them X-Wings. They have, like, single-size little planes. Beautiful. And the auction, the, the place where the slave auction is occurring, is that on the ground or is it in a flying thing? Uh, it's on the ground. Okay. 
So it actually is habitable. <laughs> I don't Just know. FYI. So, a lot seems to be taking being, place on the ground. Yeah. It seems to be inhabited, in fact. Yeah. The, the, the one thing I got from the trailer, the one thing, was that this is a world where it's a bunch of flying cities. But most of this movie just seems to be taking place on the ground. A uh, fight breaks out with Anna and crew, and they save Hester. And Hester, in an act of magnanimity that Tom shared her showed her, she um, she saves Tom and brings him along in this being saved sitch. So the two of them join Anna Fang and crew, and take. So off. she was like, "We're a package deal," yeah, or something. Okay, is there much death? In these battles, what's the kill count? Or is it a lot more just like indeterminate Avengers-style bodies? Yeah, they don't really show like a lot of death blows. They don't like hover over any like a corpse deal too much. Okay. Okay. Um, For the kids. Yeah. So they've taken off and we learn that Anna Fang was, she's an aviator, she's an activist, and she was friends with Pandora Shaw. And that's why she came, because she heard tell that Hester Shaw was in the slave auction. I do not know how. Yeah, she wow, knows word gets around fast, <laughs> yeah. eh? Yep. She's so an activist, or she's like a revolutionary? She's everything. What does if an I, activist do if all the cities are just floating around randomly? What do if, you, what... if I understood her mission or how this world worked better, I could probably classify her a little bit better. Right. So, again, we don't know. <laughs> so, okay, back on London... We learn a little bit more about this east-west dynamic, kind of. So there's a wall between, like I said, between the former west, where London is, and the east, which is called Shangguo, which I guess is a more peaceful place, possibly habitable on the earth. I'm not sure what makes it different from the west. And for some reason, both places cannot coexist and hugo is on a mission to destroy shanguo the entire east shanguo yeah. being the name of the entire <laughs> eastern half of the world yeah. more or less i'm a little stuck on the for some reason part <laughs> well he I'm shows honest. a map and shanguo doesn't look that big it looks maybe like this one pocket is small oh, okay and i'll go with but that but it's a region, and so it's not mobile like it's not he mobile. is. No, it's on the map. Fixed on the map. And he wants to blow that part of this earth off the earth, too. Yep. For, hmm. again, some reason. I might read the book because I have a lot of questions. I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> See? You can't help yourself. You're like a moth to a flame. <laughs> so, okay, on Anna Fang's <laughs> ship plane thing... Shrike shows up somehow. He's just an expert <laughs> expert tracker. <laughs> oh man, this is, is a good he in a, is Shrike in a vehicle or is no, he just running? He's just running. <laughs> That's awesome. There's so much running to catch up with cities in this weird movie. <laughs> what? So he sort of like gets on one of their planes. They they fly off. He doesn't catch up with them and. So it's a brief interplay between them for now, but he's on the run and on the case. And they, but they got away from him for now. For now, yeah. Okay. And in another flashback that happens, oh, sir, oh yeah. Sorry, does do they they see him? Do 
do any of them know Shrike? Is anyone like, look, it's Shrike? Or is everyone like, what is, what the hell is that? Like, yeah. This, so this is this flashback. So okay, Hester sorry. has yeah. seen him and knows who it is. So this flashback oh. occurs soon after the events of the last flashback. So she's still little. She's freshly slashed and she's running also on the Earth's surface, I believe. And he saves her. Shrike does. Oh. Taking the amulet from her. And they live together, like, from then, from when she was eight, and freshly slashed until pretty much right now, when she's early 20s. And is that, um, so he's, like, pretty nice to her then? Yeah, he has, like, a cave city, and he, it looks like he's giving her spam. He's like, human girl must eat food. Okay. (laughs) Is she like, what are you? They don't show that. But it, yeah. she can sense, or she finds an old photograph of a father and son. And so the implication is that he was that man at some point. So he once was a man. Yeah. Okay. And I don't know how he was turned into a robo-man. I don't know why. I don't know why he agreed to it or if it was a like a prison thing or he was injured like robo. I don't know. Mm-hmm. He was and, reinvigorated, I believe. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. That sounds like he died. Or reimagined man. Yeah, I guess. Um, but then he says, like, Hester Shaw, always sad, always will have broken heart. And then he shows her kind of like a reverse Edward Scissorhands when the doctor shows Edward Scissorhands the hands that he's made. And he's, like, mm-hmm. going to turn him kind of into human shape shrike has made a robo thing for her like in her size and he's like you can be like me not feel pain Hmm. she doesn't go for it obviously well she does agree Oh. It seems like she doesn't have much of a choice because he is like a robo beast killer thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was. Here, I have a present for you. <laughs> well, okay, yeah. we do know a little bit about why these robo things were made. Like, he was made as a weapon. He's just the last survivor of it. I just don't know why this man in particular was chosen when he was a human. Okay. But yeah, maybe that was their protocol. Maybe. For I don't maybe, know. Maybe it was his maybe military service. Maybe. Yeah, or maybe it's- Maybe there's certain biological conditions, like you got to get somebody in a coma or recently dead or, you know, I don't know. I'm sure there's a reason. I just don't know what it is. That was some good reading into this, though, Jeremy. <laughs> I'm going to go with that one. You yeah. like that one? That's yeah, he, he was like in a coma and was never going to be able to brought out, be brought out of it. And so his family signed some waivers and <laughs> thank you. Look what, look what happened. Uh, thank you, Chris. And thank you, writers of the film Robocop, <laughs> where I stole that idea from. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, so she agrees to be transformed. But then, as she recounts to Tom, present day, six months ago, she somehow learned that she was in Hugo's midst. I don't know how she learned that, but she did. What do you mean? What do you mean in his midst? Yeah, what does that mean? Like, what that, is his that London was near where she was. Oh, Okay. <laughs> The traveling sounds, video, it sounds very ominous. Like a traveling circus. Like he was coming for town. Sorry, your choice of midst, it suggested something maybe more abstract, but, but you meant literally just nearby. Yeah. Spidey sense was yeah. tingling. Yeah. yeah. And so <laughs> instead of uh, agreeing to this robo-sization, she ran off 
to wage vengeance. And that was six months ago. And she ran somehow, out to wage vengeance. And Hugo, yeah. And then somehow, in that intervening six months, Shrike went to that jail. I guess he went after her and was caught. I don't know. But that's how he talks. He talks like robot style, kind of. Yeah. I am a robot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> evil <What>? plant. Bleep blarp. <laughs> Bleep blarp. So how long did she live with Shrike from like age eight to like teenager age? To whatever she is now. So early 20s, I would say. So like 15 years. Years. And, and he saw the sadness in her, but it was over that long of a time. He only introduced metal suit idea late in the game. Like, yeah. Yep, just okay. recently. I guess it took him that just long recently. to rig it. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Metal suit. <laughs> or just like you have to die and then I'll incorporate you into this weird skull zone. Well, and also, like, so he has this <laughs> yeah. skeleton. It's basically just a metal skeleton in her size. It kind of looks a bit like her face, but I don't know what kind of technology he needs to, like, put a person's consciousness in this device but i guess he has the knowledge strike has his reasons for to be mad if robots can be mad (laughs) strike mad strike mad Um. i raised you strike worked really hard on this suit birthday a lot of time and thought into this ungrateful stepdaughter So, but that demonstrates a fair amount of empathy on his part because he saw that she was sad. So even if he is robot-y, he can see that she's, you know, dissatisfied with her life. Very much. And that happens again later. He makes a misstep, but there's (laughs) there's still a man inside there somewhere, obviously. Yeah. Okay. So back on London. Oh, right. Oh, God. Okay. Catherine teams up. What did I, what's his name? Steve, the friend? Steve. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Steve's back in the game. I've been really, I've been wondering, I've been thinking about Steve this whole time. They pop by the Library Museum Archive place, and they learn from Pomeroy, Tom's boss, former boss, that all, like, his cachet of all those hidden weapons have been taken and found. And that is bad, because, like Tom warned, they have weapon abilities to them, and in the wrong hands could be improperly used. Pomeroy says, if you go up this long, like, he says some weird term. I don't remember what it was, but it's like, have you ever been up the, like, spiral staircase? And that's (laughs) what it is. It's a spiral staircase leading from the museum up to the bottom of the church. What kind of church? I don't know. How high is it? It seemed like it takes them a long time to get there. Why they have to go Um, that route? I don't know. But... The boss says nothing happening with or nothing to do with God is happening up there. That's like where Hugo's secret energy room is. Is it the top of the city? Yeah. Or is it <clears throat> Yeah. Okay. So I, I was a little so sad I, that that wasn't a euphemism for something. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, class rises up, I assume. So like at the top of the city is the up is the elite ruling people and then as you go down towards the engine room it's lower classes that's why it's called tier one tier two tier three tier four uh i can i can confirm that but we don't get much more explanation than what you just said okay what a surprise (laughs) so they they traverse the spiral staircase and find themselves in the bottom of the church and they see that hugo and his weird 
Um, she has like an asymmetrical haircut, so she must be like a bit off. Um, huh. Woman, contemporary aged of him, uh, have assembled some sort of nuclear device um, bolstered by this recent tech theft of Tom's cachet. And okay, that's and we're, a secret we're just project. Meeting this... We're just meeting that's now. This... We're so just meeting not... her now. Yeah. Let's give her a name. Glenda. Becky. Fine. Glenda. <laughs> Glenda? Glenda, okay. not Becky. Okay. okay. She's Glenda. barely in it. So we meet Got them. Sure, and sure. this is his and, and... ostensible energy project. But really, he's been trying to put together this nuclear device. So why did he bother telling anybody he was creating an energy project? I don't know. So we get funding for it or like the tech or the leadership. I don't know. He's trying to get investors, bro. <laughs> isn't he like a government agent? Doesn't he work for the emperor? Isn't he's, he just yeah, a right he's like a man, top guy? He? Yeah. Well, so you don't. So it's a military project. Yeah. It seems like a pet project yes. of his. I don't. And, but the emperor doesn't know about it. The emperor the thinks emperor it is an uh, energy project. Perfect. There it is. That's why he needed the lie. Yeah. Okay. I was like, who's he trying to convince? He has to convince the emperor. So that makes yes, sense. Yes. That's why he's got the lie. Okay. Thaddeus is a sneaky one. He is. And with Glenda by his side, who knows? <laughs> who knows what he's capable of? So Absolutely. why exactly he wants to nuke stuff and why he doesn't, didn't want to solve the energy crisis. That's between him and his Lord. Back to Anna <laughs> Fang. Uh, she tells Tom and Hester that she herself was once a slave. And as long as when and if she dies, when she dies, as long as her friends scatter her in the wind, she'll be free and happy. And knowing that they will do that for her gives her all the confidence to fly around and do her activism and do whatever because she's no longer a slave. So somehow they deduce Hugo's plan and also somehow deduce that remember when I told you that USB keys were weirdly powerful? Yes, I do remember that. <laughs> they, Especially if you get like a 32 gig one. <laughs> they deduce oh. that only the key that belongs to whatever Hugo has built can shut it down once the nuclear component has been activated. Okay. Okay, you, right. so you have to have that USB key to yeah. turn it off. Yeah, I don't okay. know how they know exactly what's happening, but they do, and we do now. Um, and they're not—they're not there. They didn't—they were not given any information firsthand. This is all just something they're deducing. Yeah. Well, I guess Anna Fang has been to London, and that's why she's wanted. Like she's popped through, and maybe she reports back to Tom some, okay. and then he can put it together, knowing what he knows. I think. I guess. Right. Um, and, and Tom was like, I have a huge stockpile of dangerous weaponry in my library, he, but they don't know he's stolen that. No. They don't know Hugo has stolen that. No. Okay. Um, and somehow in the flashback or Hester's recollections of Pandora, Pandora like implied that she might have something important to do with this. Because if you recall, um, the main thing of this device is Pandora's discovery that Hugo killed her over. That, because that, she, it's the it's the briefcase that she discovered. Yes. And with, that is, which is like the launch controller for weapons or something. Yes. Like the okay. brain of weapons. Yes. So they've 
taken up shelter in Shangguo, the eastern community, and they are on land. It doesn't look much different from where they were before. Like, it's not, like, an Eden of trees or anything, but Mm -hmm. they seem to be living there. (laughs) mud with trenches, I believe, is the description. (laughs) Yeah, but, like, with, like, a bit more of, like, infrastructure. Like, they've built some buildings and they have some shrines. Um, There's no plants, though. Doesn't No, like, it doesn't look, like, geologically different. It just looks like they've made a community there. Okay, but, okay. So it's on the other side of the wall. Yeah, and the wall is, like, one, based on how I feel the Game of Thrones wall is, it looks like it's, like, one-eighth the length of that. It's not very big. Length or height? Height. Width. Width. So it doesn't seem... Depth. (laughs) Side to side. Horizontal. Like, why is that the only place where you can access the east is what I'm saying. It's, like, not a big wall. Can it be flown over? It can be flown over. They do fly over it, so I don't know why any of what happens next happens. Um, okay. So is it manned the wall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally manned. Yeah. And, <laughs> With we, weapons and we we saw Anna Fang in her ship fly over this wall. That's how they got to Shangguo, right? Yes. And when they did that, was it uh, a tense moment? Was it like they were breaking in? Yeah. Or is it just cool? No, because she's like of that community. So, and there's kind of like a, like a monk-like figurehead, leader of Shangguo. I don't know his name either, and he's not in it much, but he does seem to be a ruler, um, a gentle ruler of some kind. Okay, we'll call call him Ricky. Yeah, Monk Ricky. Monk Ricky, the gentle ruler. (laughs) So Hugo sets off the nuke, and his big plan is to nuke the wall and destroy the nuke wall. Nuke the wall? Yep. Fucking hates that wall. <laughs> yep, hates it. Wants to go through it. Why can't he just go over it? He could. So <laughs> <laughs> He wants to go through it, though, you see. Yeah. I mean, I guess he would be shot down by going over it, but certainly if you have a nuke, you could probably figure out an arsenal to combat the wall's personnel as well. So anyway, it, he does it. He sets it off. Part of the wall crumbles, and he sets he and Glenda set it up to reload. And in the he, he I'm sorry, he nu- he shoots nuclear missiles at the wall, and yes. it, there's a nuclear explosion, or whatever it is. Maybe nuclear is uh, not the scientific term, but yes, he deploys but, his weapon at the wall, and part of it crumbles. Okay, all right. Yep. I'm assuming this is a big torpedo type thing, and it's a very big explosion. It kind of looks. Like the end of the Ghostbusters thing, like it's just like zapping like bolts, uh, bolts from okay. yeah. And so once the okay. bolts are like juiced up enough, he can like rocket them out, like All a right. laser bolt, kind of like that. Yeah. Okay. okay. So more so that than like an actual like bomb or torpedo warhead. Mm-hmm. That helps me. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> Bolt-based ballistics. (laughs) So he shoots these bolts, blows up a big chunk of the wall, and he's charging the weapon to do it again. Correct. And as this is happening, the emperor shows up and is like, what are you doing, man? And he kills him. He kills the emperor. Yep. And all this is seen by Catherine and Steve, who are still passively observing everything. Oh, yeah. I forgot they were there. 
Don't forget Steve, man. He's your favorite character. <laughs> Let's keep an eye on him. Yeah, guess what? He's not in it ever again. Um, oh, fuck, I'm but he doesn't die. Down. He just She's isn't right. in it. He just, like, it's just Catherine by herself, even though they were together. Also, Shrike shows back up. And At London? In Shangwo. And he is getting into it with Tom, who he perceives as an enemy because Hester is now with Tom. You mean Or just in his point of view, she has chosen Tom and his world over Shrike's world. Okay. I see. Symbolic. And Hester runs up right when Shrike is about to kill Tom and screams like, don't do it. Save him. I'll come. Like, I'll come with you. I'll do the thing. Just let him live. And I guess Shrike has been hit by debris from this uh, bolt attack that's also happening at the same time. And The one that hit the wall? Yeah. Or just like the chaos that's ensuing because of this. And so the bolt attack on the wall has an effect on Shanguo like it ripples through the cities of Shanguo or whatever. Yes. Or the, the, okay. Yeah, because, like, where they are is, like, just adjacent of the other side of the wall. You don't have to go That's deep right. to, like, get to Shanguo. All right, um, you said that. Okay. So, Shrike says, you love him. And <laughs> she doesn't deny it, but they kind of have a look, and Shrike totally backs down. Because, as you articulated before, there is a man with empathy still inside him. There you go. So he, he is annoyed for having done all that work to make the suit for her. But still, he's got a heart of gold. Yeah, he recognizes that she's moved on and uh, he's happy for her. He also dies somehow from a blow that he's received. And as he dies, he hands her back the amulet that he's been holding on his robot person. I mean, he does not have pockets. So where? I don't know. And it wasn't around his neck, but he had it on him. Um, it, we know we know where it was. Okay, so <laughs> guys, okay, you know so, where but, you you know where you put something. When, you know the, it's important. But, you don't so, want anyone to find it. The part that surprised me was not the part that he happened to have the amulet stash. The part that surprised me was when you said he also dies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and kind of after the story of this scene was over. Oh, BT Dubs, he died. <laughs> Yeah, and Hester's like, Shrike, Shrike! She's screaming, and he dies, and so they end on good terms with each other. Forgiveness on both sides. Anna, Fang, and her crew, there's two guys and a girl. We've barely met them, but they're a ragtag bunch of four. They're getting their little planes ready to go fight off Hugo, um, do whatever they can to dismantle his operation and save Shangguo, and now Hester has the amulet back, and she's at a prayer, like a shrine prayer thing, where other Shanguinese are there praying. And she notices that the same icon with the eye that is on the amulet is on this prayer place. It's Ooh, a, like a religious wow. icon. And somehow That's that super convenient. Yeah, triggers her to open the amulet. It's like a pendant. And in, I thought, like, I knew the amulet was the thing the whole time. But I didn't realize it was just going to open, like, a locket and have this, like, basic USB key in it. Uh, but wait, uh, but she'd never opened it before. Well, she no, just got it back. To. Oh, yeah. That's right. Oh, right. She, she just got it back. Right. I wonder if Shrike ever opened it. <laughs> he was probably, yeah. He just didn't know what to do with it. I that's, don't know what this problem. is. <laughs> I don't care. Stupid amulet. 
He's tried it in his neck port, but nothing happened. <laughs> this thing is stupid, but I'm going to hide it in my butt. <laughs> so Never mind. Shrike's my favorite character. <laughs> Hester realizes that this is the thing. This is the key to the mother's device. And she runs up to Anna Fang in group. And she's like, I have it. I have it. Like, I need to go with you. So she gets on Anna's plane. And then Tom makes a big show. They're like, where's Tom? And then he takes an aviator's jacket like off a hook. I don't know whose jacket it is. It is. It's just <laughs> he just steals someone's jacket and puts it on, signifying that like he's abandoning his archivist life and like becoming a true aviator. Except that when he gets on the plane, he doesn't fly it. He's but a passenger of Anna. You really focus on that jacket though, which I liked. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. You're like, no with this jacket? You can't yeah. just take someone's jacket. That's uncalled for. So they all arrive on London. And Hugo's trying to reload again, but the thing's overheating and it needs more time. And Glenda's like, well, we can't launch it yet. Like, it needs to, like, it just needs, you know, it needs its due course of time. And he's like, just send it. Uh. Um, he's getting all hot to trot about it. Anna and Hester get off the plane and land on London. And Anna says to Tom, take care of her and my plane. And so she leaves Tom hovering at the helm of the little X-Wing thing. And while Anna and Hester gets- go physically into London to try and find, like, where the portal of the USB is. So he does get to take over the plane now. Yeah, good. I'm glad. I'm happy for him. He did get that coat <laughs> and all. <laughs> Otherwise, he would have looked like a real idiot if he was wearing that outfit with no plane to fly. He's got yeah, his wings yeah. now. Right? Really embarrassing. <laughs> He's a flyboy. And you said that they now Anna and Hester need to find where you plug this USB port in? Yep. Where you plug the, the port where you plug the USB stick into? Yeah, which will turn it off. Wouldn't it be on the device itself up in the church? I don't Isn't mean it? find it in the sense of, like, they don't know. I mean, they need to, like, make okay. their way to it. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. They they know. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, meanwhile... Everybody knows where that port is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course. It's just a question of getting the correct USB stick. <laughs> So Catherine, who's been watching all this, faces off with Hugo and says, you're crazy. And he says, I've been doing this all for you. I don't know what he means. I don't know what he's doing. Um, And she says, you're not my father anymore. And she runs off and she finds herself um, in kind of like a control room of London somehow. And somehow, like, she flicks on the communications of this room, like the, uh, like, where... Captain Picard would be stationed. Yeah. Yeah. And so she flicks on the communications. Yeah, it's like that room of the whole city of London. And she flicks on the thing and somehow finds herself on the horn with Tom from the plane. All right. And they realize that not only is Hugo still trying to reload the device, he's also just set the city of London physically to ram into the wall as well and breached the wall and he's like disabled all the engine control and it's just on like a collision course like he's just gone mad with like wall hunger he'll he'll destroy his own city just to take down this damn wall yeah okay but again she <laughs> moseyed into the captain's seat control room yeah, no one else of the there. city of london yeah just moseyed yeah. on in yeah yep oh okay <laughs> e- even though uh, would there have there could be no more important time for someone to be manning that room <laughs> than when the city is shooting 
advanced weaponry at a wall and they're basically attacking the east. I guess they're but, focusing on the laser zapper bolt gun. Yeah. And they're like, who's in the control room? They're like, nobody. Don't worry about it. I think the door is locked. Anyway. Let's they get just back got to one of those water pecking birds like Homer had controlling the city. <laughs> yeah. So Anne and Hester, they locate the room where Hugo is. And Anna gets into a hand-to-hand fight with Hugo using her blade while... At the same time, Hester finds a thing to plug in, and so she plugs it in, and then a code is revealed, a six-number code, and so she has to punch in each number one at a time, and each time there's six lights, six red lights, and each number turns one of those red lights green, but it takes a bit of time. So it's like, two, wait for it to turn green. Nine, wait for it to... So it's like, (laughs) she can just punch in the full code in one go, is what I'm saying. They don't have that technology any, anymore. They had it in the past, but they don't. They don't have it now. So they don't have it now. How did she know the code? She plugs in the thing, and the code is revealed. It displays. And then, yeah, and then she has to physically punch oh. it in. So, okay, Anna's fighting Hugo, and Hester's t- punching the code. It seems like Anna could very easily, like, outrun him or, like, fight him differently or better. But she still allows herself to be sacrificed and... So they're on like a bit of a balcony in the in this room, and she falls from it to the like next floor below, and it's like this poetic shot from above, like I'm free, my death is what I wanted it to be moment, even though the death was extremely unnecessary. All right. So she's dead. Maybe she, okay. She maybe maybe it seems like she almost wanted death. She's yeah. like <clears throat> almost seeking it out. Yeah, she wanted and to die a bit of a hero. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Catherine and Tom are still on the comms with each other. And he says, I have a plan and I think maybe it could work. And I think what that plan is, is she is able to open an exterior door of the city. And he flies in and like manually turns off the ramming of London. Like, he halts the engines of it manually, somehow. Don't worry okay. about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm okay with this one. I actually don't have any questions. He manually shut it off from below. Like Absolutely. He went right to the, he went right to the source, and he messed with the gully works, and he, he, he's now London is no longer headed towards the wall at ramming speed. Yeah. It's just Fine. It's just hanging. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right. So, um, like a city. The code has worked, and Hester has stopped the nuke thing, bolt thing, from going off again, even though the wall is basically destroyed. Like, the whole center part of it is crumbled. But nonetheless, okay. she and Hugo face off, and he says, I guess you never put it together. Even though, to me, it was very clear that he was her dad. Yeah, that's been super obvious the whole time. <laughs> yeah. But and I guess she never clued in. <laughs> Jesus. All of Chris's Star Wars comps that he's been making, it's like, it's too fitting. Yeah, it's right there. It's ripe fruit. Yeah. And yet, so even though right. he knew that he was her dad, he tried to kill her as a kid, tried to kill her again at the beginning yeah. of this, sent Shrike to kill her mercilessly. Uh, yep. pro- like what he couldn't have known but hoped would be a violent death like a mm-hmm. gruesome death and is now going to try to kill her again right here post reveal that he's her dad. He is oh, being it. 
let's be fair, Tester's been being it as well. She also <laughs> tried to kill him and stabbed him right in the gut. So True. Like, Fair's fair. Even Steven. You know. Um, fatty's little girl. Don't say Steven. <laughs> so this means Don't you dare to use his name. <laughs> so this means Catherine and Hester are sisters. That is correct. They do not interact in this film. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They don't interact in this film. Oh, extended mm. families, you know how it can be. All right. Yeah, it's true. Especially this time of year. <laughs> um, so she has the upper hand on Hugo. She And he says, why don't you just finish me? And she says, no, I'd rather live than fight you to the death. And so she jumps off whatever Good platform point. they're on into Tom's awaiting plane below. Ooh, like Millennium Falcon style. Kind of like that, yeah. And so they fly off together, and Hugo goes back to, like, ground level. Um, and he is, I guess it's still moving, like, a little bit, and I think he gets run over by London. He is run over and crushed by something, and I think it's just the city itself. He's run over by a floating city. <laughs> like, it's, like, on the ground now, because it was that ramming style you see and oh, it landed so on him selectively floating city. yeah no it was just on when, Still it was, things. when it was ramming it was on the surface i don't know ground if i mentioned ram. that yeah regular float ground ram yeah ground ram and, and then at the, the end it just all ends in a nasty traffic mishap you know <laughs> yeah. so he stomped he's dead and the londoners led by Catherine, walk so just walk as individuals on the land uh, and walk up to the crumbled walls of Shanguo looking for mercy. And Monk Ricky welcomes them with open arms. Of course Monk he does. Ricky, the gentle yeah. ruler? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of course he welcomes them with open arms. You know? That's, okay. There has to be enlightenment somewhere on this side of the wall. And yeah. he is the embodiment of it. Yeah. So there's no conversation. They just walk up with pleading eyes and open hearts and... Uh, monk Ricky just gestures like to enter so they do so that's that and uh, our final moment is Hester and Tom are still on the plane and she says what do we do next and he says how about we travel the world and she runs up to him and they embrace and that's the movie 